Welcome to episode 169 of your Twim show. This is your host Sajid. Today I'm going over the the news and updates from the uh, in the digital marketing space from the week of July 10 through 14, 2023. Apologies for that slow roll. Uh, I just had something else in my mind. Anyway, let's get uh, let's jump in. Okay, first off, an announcement from ByteDance. Uh, ByteDance is the parent company of TikTok, and they have basically announced that they're using. You can now use AI. Um, they own CapCut as well. So there is a CapCut plugin in ChatGPT and you can use that to create videos. How it works, uh, it says, they say, you know, you can create videos with uh, as little as one sentence, but for higher quality, you need to be more specific and detailed um, for your prompt. I haven't tried it out. Uh, I just wanted to bring you the news. Uh, if you have a chance, try it out. Let me know. Uh, that will be appreciated. Uh, I will probably, if I get some time this week, I will go ahead and try it or maybe next week. We'll see. But, you know, don't hold me to that. With that, uh, let's go to the next update. Uh, there are eight updates from Microsoft Advertising. Uh, so I will quickly go through each. Uh, first is predictive targeting. Microsoft uh, introduced predictive targeting. It's an AI-based advertising tool that uses machine learning to automatically identify and target new audiences for increased conversions, which could save advertisers time and boost campaign efficiency now this is a good thing the bad thing is that um, well what would happen is you will lose control over target and all those things so it could result in a uh, wasted ad spend my thought would be my advice would be that you know you take it uh, play around with it experiment with it see how it does uh, again you know, AI took us, took the world by storm and we were all excited, including myself. I'm guilty of that where we were like, oh, let's with this uh, Twim show, let's try AI and let's use generative AI to do our show notes. And you know what? I've noticed the quality of the show notes is crap. Uh, it oftentimes it has been dropping a lot of important updates quote unquote that doesn't make it to the show notes and it wasn't according to my up to my standard right now granted i've been using bard over chat gpt just because chat gpt has disabled the web plugin and the web plugin also did not always work well for in my case now having said that i want you to be careful when you approach ai and don't just like uh take it like you know it's one fell swoop oh ai is the greatest or ai is suckiest right what will happen is over time it's going to evolve it's going to get better but for now it's not there yet that's number one number two going back uh updates from microsoft is uh, microsoft also has generative ai and um rsa responsive search ads uh it's like uh, AI would be able to create, uh, you know, responsive search ads for you. Again, I've never been a fan of those. Uh, I just lose control. So I would definitely not advise you to do that unless, you know, you are a big organization with multi-million dollars uh, under your, you know, management or you have those budget, then you can try it. But again, my thing is if you are listening to this podcast and you have multi-million dollars, then I'm pretty sure something's off, right? My podcast, my show is more for the small business owner who is going to be able to stay in the loop and be able to say, huh, that rings a bell. I should do this. Or let me go ask my guy or gal who's running my ads or my SEO, what should we do about this? Because this sounds like an interesting idea. That's the main gist of this podcast show. 
Okay, the third is there is an uh, responsive search as if functions. This will actually uh, allows you for sophisticated targeting, and then now you cannot, you don't have to create ad groups and campaigns based on specific device or audience segments. So this is a really good thing. Uh, the other one is automated multimedia ads within dynamic search as groups that will reportedly utilize AI to automatically generate rich, visually engaging ads optimized for performance using your website's content. Yeah, see, it sounds great and when you read it, but you know, man, I have no control. Maybe I'm a control freak. I do not know, but I would not do it, okay? Uh, the next one is property promotion ads for vacation rentals for Microsoft Extended. Uh, you, it is self-explanatory what it is. The other thing is they have enhancement to universal event tracking, which is similar to Google Analytics, uh, and they have a tag dashboard. Um, is it? I would say, is it? Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager? I would say it's more similar to Google Tag Manager than it is for Analytics, but it does give you uh, other stuff like, you know, look back period, review performance, things like this. It's a combined, I believe. Okay, data-driven attribution is there. Uh, so they have differentiated... Uh, you know, they are doing data-driven attribution. The whole world is moving into data-driven attribution. Uh, who should get the credit? And they're deprecating keyword planner legacy features, uh, several keys in the keyword, including various service operations and product category features. Okay, so they're just removing some stuff from the keyword planner, uh, legacy keyword planner. So with, okay, that's the gist with Microsoft. I spent over like three minutes, almost three minutes in this. Let's jump to the next update, which is YouTube has new video title suggestions. It's a must try for creators. Uh, that what will do is it will suggest video titles for creators based on videos, transcript and description. Now I am going to try this out. Why is that? It's easy because we upload this video to YouTube. So I want to see how this works right and i will report back whether it's good or bad or what not ugly uh, because i've always uh, struggled with uh, the uh, title of the youtube video and i've just kept it simple which is episode 169 and whatever the top story of this week is which is the last one always okay with that let's go to the next update google ads has updated their policy uh, you want to read this this is quite a bit uh, it is the difference between you having a Google Ads account and taking taken away from you. Uh, not that you would do this intentionally, but sometimes unintentionally you will do it, right? It's like uh, things you must know. Now, whether if you're a business owner and you don't run your own Google Ads, you should have your ga uh, Google Ads guy or gal check it out, number one. Number two, I think as a business owner, you should know this. Unless, of course, you are at a point where you are the CEO, you have chief of operations, you have an EA, things like that, then obviously you don't need to get into it. Uh, by that point, you have a you know, head of marketing or chief uh, marketing officer, and then you know they will take care of it. But you need to know this. This is really serious stuff. Uh, Number one, that's a big no-no, is cloaking, showing which is basically means showing different content to certain users, including Google, other than to other users, and then to other users, right? That's a big no-no. Uh, or the other one is repeated or simultaneous policy violations will actually ban your accounts completely, uh, bypassing enforcement mechanism and detection by creating variations of ads, domains, or content that have been disapproved after a previous suspension decision, attempting to use Google Ads system again by creating new accounts in order to re-enter the system, abusing Google Ads product feature in order to show uh, policy non-compliant content to users or uh, and or and or gain additional traffic, submitting false information as part of their verification programs. Right. 
Now, remember, Google also has Google Organic, which is not the paid uh, SARP, uh, search engine results page, also has a circumvention spam policy, but Google Ads actually is very more, much more uh, stricter. Uh, so some people would run ads through, I do not know, a lot of different things, uh -huh. you know, dynamically run ads based on whatever, uh, not dynamic, like, what am I thinking, man? Uh, what Some people will change the content of the page dynamically based on what was clicked and everything, and I've thought of that. There are te te technologies out there that do that, but I think for Google Ads, it's better to stick to the con uh, static content that doesn't change and that matches with what's on the ad, and then you know, you're know you going to kosher. I, I wouldn't try to do everything else. I A-B testing is fine. Right, uh, A-B testing is fine to drive traffic because it goes to two different tra uh, pages and Google will figure that out this is a part of an A-B testing, but I would not um, I would not try to do anything beyond that. Uh, if you really want to know the nitty gritty details, please check out the show notes page. Okay, Google also released this uh, update in Google about Google Merchant Center on how to build trust and increasing sales through uh, you know Google Merchant Center and what Google is looking for. And gives you like certain tips, like you know, have a better business identity, you know, or provide official name, include an about us page on your website, uh, tell to that tells your unique story, let customers know that they can follow you in social media profiles, being transparent, uh, which is basically being clear and provide detailed information about your policies, including shipping returns and privacy policy. Talking about returns, you know, I have this subscription from this company for two years ago and I tried to cancel them online. They wouldn't let me cancel it because they want me to have schedule and they were forcing me to schedule a 10 minute call with them so that I can cancel the subscription. Can you imagine that? It's $10 a month, $120 a year, and I have not been using it, so it's $240 a year. And I was like, you know, it's coming up for renewal. I would like to cancel it. I went online to cancel the things, but they're like, wait, hang on a second. You know what? You cannot cancel it until you get on a call with one of our advisors for 10 minutes and tell us why you're leaving. That's like holding me hostage, and I did not like it. I emailed them back, and they're like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long story. They haven't still gotten back to me that if, if I was able to cancel or not. One thing they don't realize is that I can always go back to my credit card company and say, you know what, they are forcing me to renew and not cancel. So transparency plays a big Thing. Next up is online reputation. Uh, help potential customer understand how to use your product or how to uh, how other customers have used them. If you have received any badges or seals of approvals from official third-party sources, make sure you mention those. Uh, if you publish a blog post or if your business was mentioned in an article, make sure your customers know about this. So that's online reputation, professional design. I will skip that portion. You can check out the show notes if you want everything else. And then there are other stuff. So it's very unusual for things like this to come from Google. Uh, however, I think Google is doing it because it's under a lot of pressure and it wants to kind of you know increase the quality of business in Google business um, uh, prof profile. Okay. Next up, in the let's moving on to SEO land. Uh, Google has said, you know, do not let your syndicated content hurt your SEO. Right now, now you, what is syndicated content? Syndicated content is say you are a publisher, you publish this content. Like you know, I publish the Twim show and it gets copied across, you know, search news portal or I don't know. Let's make it a portal number A, portal number B, portal number C. Right, and basically, if the same content shows up in four different sites, my site, which is the Twim show, and then portal A, portal B, portal C, there are four different 
websites that has that and then chances are maybe portal b got ranked and i got booted off right so it happens quite a bit so google is saying you know hey to do that what we encourage uh, publishers which is myself in this example that i will tell these three portals like hey you cannot index this content you should use this meta robot stacks that says no index so no no index meta robot stacks uh, no index meta robot tag right so why i'm going with this and you could associate we are not a publishing company we don't care about this and i will say this is where i want to correct you and bring your attention to is look Sometimes, oftentimes, like for example, I will publish this Twim show, right? And it's on the Twim show Substack page. Now from there, I could copy this and put it in YouTube or maybe LinkedIn. And I want to make sure that I don't have the same duplicate content everywhere else. And I just only want the Substack page to be the indexed one. Do you see where I'm going with this? Oftentimes we do that. We some oftentimes we will take our content and repurpose it, put it in a LinkedIn article, put it in a LinkedIn post. We don't want it to be. So that's where I'm going with this. This is why I'm covering this, that you should know. Even though you are not a newspaper portal, you should know that this can happen. Okay, next up. Uh, and this is a very good topic, which is how Google explains how Google Discover works because someone actually asked during the SEO office hour, hey, uh, Google... Uh, we used to get a lot of traffic from Google Discover. Now we don't see it anymore. What's happening, right? So Google's Martin Split answered that question and they says, you know what, number one, there's a variety of factors that determine whether an article to show to a user or not. Obviously, basically the person who is browsing, it takes into account that person's browsing history, what they visited, what kind of quality content they like and what kind of you know, interest, things like that. That's number one. On the other hand, Google is looking for topics uh, and content that is relevant, right? And one of the things is that Google is saying sometimes you should write about evergreen topics and sometimes you should not because, you know, there is topics that go out of fashion, uh, such as evergreen topics could be like a recipe for uh, chicken pot pie, right? It doesn't really change over time. But even then, Google would say maybe, you know, there is a newer content, a newer recipe that people are talking about. Google has all these signals and Google will probably bring that up into their Google Discover feed and not yours. So that's what Google is going. Uh, and, you know, Martin is also saying that Discover traffic is going to ebb and flow. Yes, Discover is a great way to get, uh, you know, eyeballs on your content, get traffic, but, you know, it's not always guaranteed. However, where it comes down to, and it's a long topic, is like what Martin is saying, look, you need to write good content. If you have been following our show for any any length of time and you've seen this me repeat again and again, write good content. Google's helpful um articles, uh, I'm blanking out, Google's uh, helpful article algorithm actually talks about that, right? It's all about writing for the audience, not for the, for the search engines, not for the keywords. Writing good topics that are actually you are knowledgeable and expert in, a, that's what matters. That's where this is all going. Okay, the next thing is, so, Google discovered your page, but it hasn't indexed it. Some people say, well, Google hasn't indexed my page. That basically means I can go ahead and Google found the page because you see it in a search console, uh, discovered but currently not indexed. Some people say, hey, uh, and some SEO guys will say, hey, let's just uh, you know, unindex it, re-index it, things like that, or take it out and put it back in. And John Miller is saying, no, no, don't do that. Uh, usually when that happens, and also Google says, you know, there are some technical issues behind it right it could be your website uh, could be technically especially this is with large sites you know and the question came from someone who has 8 million pages on their site 
and he was saying, "Will it help if I reduce it to two million pages?" Uh, maybe there is something called crawl budget. And John Miller is saying, no, we really technically don't have a crawl budget. And this was something covered in the past in one of our episodes. Uh, John Miller is saying, we technically do not have crawl budgets, but sometimes you know we do hit uh, resource issues, like especially on your end. Uh, your website might not be able to handle the traffic. It might time out. It might be things like that. So make sure your website is up and running and can handle the Google traffic. That's number one. Number two is you need to make sure content is unique and it's high quality. Google at some point is going to say, hey, uh, you know, this content is repetitive. This is not making any sense. Let's bother not uh, crawling. So eight, crawling 8 million pages is quite a bit of, you know, uh, task, number one. Now, if you, I would, from my own personal point is like, you know, you if you have 8 million pages and Google is crawling your site, you know, Google probably, even though they don't admit, Google don't want to spend, let's just say, the next 24 hours. Google boss is not going to spend the next 24 hours on your website to crawl the 8 million pages, period. Right, and I'm not saying you know ch- chunk it down to and move it to two million pages. That's not also I'm what I'm saying. I'm, what I'm saying is like you know if you have eight million pages, you probably want to scroll them in batches, right? So slow, smaller chunks, and this is where programmatic you know SEO comes into play, where you do a hundred and then you do a hundred and then do hundred and like you know, do it in batches. Because chances are, if you have eight million pages, it just didn't have eight million on day one. You have 8 million over time. And if you are 8 million pages and you don't have any um, of those pages indexed, it tells me something else. Unless, of course, you're Amazon. But even then, Amazon doesn't add. I, I don't think Amazon adds 8 million pages in a day. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. I don't have their numbers. Okay. Uh, so this brings to us to the next update, which is also interesting, which is Google's, uh, Danny Sullivan is saying, look, our SEO advice has not changed in the last 20 years. And what this is saying is, he's saying is like, make pages for users, not for search engines. And you could say, hey, hang on a second, Sajid. Didn't you say something similar like two updates back where he says, you know, helpful content update algorithm where it just says, you know, make pages for, you know, users, not for algorithms or for search engines, but more for the user, the author, the people reading it, you would be right. Again, I'm not repeating myself. These are things that are, you know, being repeated again and again. A lot of people are creating content through AI. And by the way, I didn't cover this. There is a lot of AI junk out there, right? Uh, And this has become a problem now. So Google is going to get stricter about this. But coming back, what Dan Sullivan is saying is, look, write content for your users, for people who are going to read your content. Don't try to go and do keyword stuffing, which obviously doesn't work. But don't play around and say, have a keyword density of 20, 30, 50, 60, 100. I do not know. I'm just making it up. But I'm just saying, don't go by those things. Write the content that you want the audience to read. And they say, ha, this guy is helpful. This guy is knowledgeable. This guy knows his thing. Let me talk to him. And then Google will automatically pick it up. That's what they're saying. Actually, it's funny. This is the last update of this week. And this I just totally blanked out that this is the last update because this is not really an update, but this is a research that came out and that says large language models, LLMs, which is aka ChatGPT, BART, and all these AI tools can be very powerful. However, they're a recipe for disaster when it comes to SEO. It goes back to the previous update, which is I just talked about. There is a lot of AI junk out there. And what this article is talking about, this research is talking about, like, you know, doesn't matter what kind of prompt engineering you do, and I've actually tested this as well with myself, is that sometimes if you say, you know, prompts like, okay, I, 
identify the issues with your output. Based on the issues you have identified, go ahead and f- update your output. Right, those kind of prompts where you know this is oh let's how this is how we can make a powerful chat GPT. First, ask act like a content writer and write this content, and then once the content is output, and this is you know, okay, now identify the issues with your output. Okay, based on the issues you have found the in your output, go ahead and re- rewrite the content. And I heard that, and I've used that, and I thought, oh my god, this is the next best thing since sliced bread. But you know, over time, like I said, I'm seeing issues with the content and what this article is all about and I'm going to make sure I put the link to this article is like generative AIs are not that great when it comes to things like this and they're going to make crap up and I've seen this in my own case they make things up right uh, this was uh, let me think which article uh, yeah about the Google discover uh, art issue where you know how can I get my articles being shown in Google discover I'd by just for testing purpose, I've given this article, the link to that article to Google and Google at the towards the bottom spit out like, oh, to make sure to check your, you know, Google discover stuff, go to Google Analytics, check, tick, 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 tick. Now, if you didn't know Google Analytics, you think this was, oh, that's the, that's a great content because, you know, it's even giving me how I can go check Google Analytics and do all these things. But guess what? None of those options exist in Google Analytics. Because I knew it, I was like, this thing is crap. I scratched it and I said, you know what? Let's just, let me write it on my own. I did take help from them to write these titles for the slides. Other than that, nothing else. With that, folks, that's it for this week. I hope you found some value. Uh, Signing off, this is your host, Sajid Islam. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.